All right, we're live. RTD Late Night Chat. And so I figured tonight would be a great time to check in, given the fact that there is a lot of activity happening out in the world, primarily in China as we speak. And so I actually had a chance to check out some of the indexes and uh, things look very uh, red uh, on the other side of the planet right now as markets are opening up or have already opened up. So I just want to share my thoughts a little bit and uh, throw out the question to you guys to see if perhaps this week will end up being um, somewhat of a financial meltdown out in the markets. And so that being the case, won't be long. Just want to check in, see who's available, see who's um, paying attention to what's going on outside of all the other distractions and, you know, the Super Bowl activities and things like that. So don't anticipate having many people tune in tonight. But it's good to say that tomorrow morning uh, on this side, when people wake up, they're going to be glued to the screen, looking at a lot of red activity in the financial markets. And so I'd imagine. And so I want to share a couple of thoughts and whatnot as well to get your thoughts. So the phone lines are open uh, for those that want to connect. And so uh, let me actually just, excuse me, check in with a couple of people real quick. It says if you, so we got a question prior to, and I'll actually put that up on the screen. So welcome to this RT Live Talk. For those that might be new, my name is Mike, the host of Detroit's number one late night YouTube talk show. Typically don't do Sunday evenings, but I, for some reason, felt that this Sunday would be worth your time, given the fact there's a lot of a lot of articles out there uh, talking about the current meltdown is underway right now in China and how the only way this meltdown can somewhat be prolonged or mitigated is by injection in the repo market, similar to what's going on over here. <laughs> so they have an outright crisis going on right now with the stocks dipping. And then they're actively providing liquidity in the repo market. So hmm, crisis over there, crisis over here, crisis everywhere. But nothing new at all. So if you've been paying attention at all, you know that this system is on the verge of tipping over completely. And so I don't like the fact my shirt keeps I'm looking at my shirt and I'll see all that glare. So with the green screen, but I'm going to keep moving. It says uh, ball head is back on ball head. Oh, thank you, sir. It's a fresh shave. <laughs> uh, we got the rethinking the dollar says China said they were going to inject a trillion yuan this week. At least their markets still react when that happens. Is the U.S. is the in the U.S. nobody even cares? That's very true. And that's you know, spirit. That's one of the things where I'm like, man, I got to get on tonight and just share my thoughts and lay a little bit of uh, I don't know, not no forecasting or trend analysis, but just you know what I consider to be common sense because. A lot of people, uh, unfortunately, on this side of the planet is, you know, heavily distracted, but all types of other stuff is not really important. And so, uh, you know, it's usually after the fact, people wake up and begin asking questions. So I want to just get your guys thoughts, share with you my thoughts and go from there. But it says funny thing is that silver and gold are being pushed down also. And so that's I'm not surprised at all. I can't say that I am anywhere near surprised. And so uh, it's one of the things where. Take advantage of the of the manipulation, as I always say. And so Charlie says, you think the recession is happening. Bitcoin and gold will go up crypto more because of the low market cap. Uh, Charlie, great question. And so I've been talking about um, current market conditions and how from all the mainstream narrative, like we've been hearing more than enough news about all the indicators and red flags and all the alarms that's been sounding. And various sectors, various industries, various measurements have all signaled economic slowdown. And what do you usually have when you have a prolonged period of slow 
down in the activity or a lack of growth, it is a recession. So I'm of the mindset that it's not outright recessionary, like, you know, it's officially announced, but everything to me points that there's definitely issues in our system. And so I personally would just call it a recession, but, you know, I'm not a PhD economist, so I'm not certified and qualified to tell you that officially, but I, I act like it's a recession or I'm thinking it's a recession. It says NPR being pushed down to hide the problem China's crashing is causing. Very true, Pat. And so once again, to me, gold and silver, they are it's money. And so they can push, squeeze, manipulate, push down. They can do whatever they want to do to keep mainstream attention off money. But it's one of those things where if you're caught up in this current system, like right now, I'm going to put some articles on the screen uh, that talks about stock market. You got bond market. You got people saying, get it, get out into cash and get into the money market accounts or whatnot. And it's one of the things where if everybody start going into cash, that's going to be an outright droppage of all those you know, pro- financial products that they have to sell in order to get liquid in cash. So anywhere it goes, there's going to be a meltdown. And so it's just more so whether you want it fast or slow. And so hopefully by now you've been positioning yourself to to limit your exposure to outright risk of losing a lot of things that you might think is yours that's tied into the system. Because once the system locks up, there'll be no getting out. And it's going to be a transfer of wealth from those that thought they had to those that were all along banking and, and, and shorting and using all those financial instruments to bet against the system and profit. So it says, uh, Salam Ahmed says, Mike, you are doing a great job bringing info, brother. I appreciate you, my friend. Thank you. And so uh, let me get into some articles. It says, do you think the coronavirus was a bioweapon to bring down the economy for China? Lee, great question. Um, my personal opinion is that we're currently entering into February with all these circumstances that are being presented as true game changers. It's not by surprise. I I was more than confident that at the end of 2019, we were going to enter into an unimaginable 2020. And I must admit, you know, we're just, uh, you know, just back on the home front with me, all the news I'm getting from all types of things. And, you know, in, in my personal life area, stuff is happening. And this is the stuff that's happening in the monetary system. And so, yeah, so I'm not surprised. So it's one of the things where I was uh, expecting some challenges. So I clearly see it. And so not surprised whatsoever. And so is it a bioweapon? I believe it is a strategically placed event that's occurring right now, because once again, the narrative of Wuhan and, you know, the fruit market and bats and uh, right. And now it's a global pandemic that's probably going to escalate. Now it's just a matter of the vaccines. That's one of the things I really want to touch on tonight. You know, the vaccines, once the vaccines, the antidote, whatever it is that will be used to pump out to the public, how safe will those things be? And so my first opinion is that if this is a planned event, as far as uh, it not being a natural occurrence with this mutation of the SARS into some stronger strand of whatever it is, this, but this virus, then there's there was clearly a antidote or a virus or, you know, whatever to hopefully solve that problem. So the people, same people who create this problem with this current virus situation, they might also have the solution or cure for it. But yeah, is that cure actually safe and what is in it? And so I was listening to Greg Hunter and Catherine Austin Fitz, and she mentioned something that really got me thinking. And it was about the 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 push 
of big of government as it grows for everyone to get vaccinated. So I'm thinking like if this current situation escalates to uh, a real true global state by state event that everybody has to address when it comes to their health and they push some type of vaccination on all of us in order to prevent it, to keep it or to, to prevent this situation from, you know, from affecting our health or for infecting others, how far would the government go to make sure we all get some type of shot? And it's one of those things where if it's this, in my opinion, is a man-made issue and then a vaccine is obviously a game plan strategy that's being implemented, what's in it and how will it impact our true health outside of this current virus situation? So a lot of things make me question because I would say if this is a bioweapon that was created by man in a laboratory, therefore that vaccination is also a bioweapon that's created to do something to our bodies in a not so good way knowing that the greater agenda is to um is to imp to is to curtail the total population of this planet it's one of those things where i'm questioning a lot i'm questioning a lot of things right now so but i don't want to get too far off track let me check in real quick and it says tons of support at 1550 have no fear yeah so once again metals you can slam the price down but the metal is not going anywhere it just makes it easier for those that are aware of the fact that it's real money to get some to get a hold of some so we got somebody on Periscope says that one Fulio says very interesting. How you doing, my friend? Thanks for tuning in. So tonight I want to check in because there's a lot of things happening right now over in China. And I actually want to pull up on the screen here uh, some things that I believe you guys will find interesting. And so I've been actually uh, let me see. Let me pop up some windows, pop up some windows here and I can show you. There's a lot of red. There's a lot of red. Uh, let me grab some windows here. Okay, here we go. So I'm gonna share. I'm gonna share this, and hopefully it pops up well for you guys. We can see it. So I'm actually looking at. Uh, let me scroll down a little bit. So I'm actually looking at investing.com, and this is current market activity. And so, as you guys can see, uh, these are all the major indexes from the leading nations on the planet. And as of now, we have. Let me go back. Let me go back here to this window here and get rid of some things. And I'll actually pull this up. So here we have the Dow close on Friday down 600 points. And I just wanted to zoom in on that. And so if it closed 600 on just a mere fear of the verbiage of what would we, what would be expected right now in China and as well as everything else, imagine what it might do tomorrow if there's no injection. So my point is, if it was down 600 and they didn't decide to, the plunge protection team or whatever team is at work, didn't decide to boost it back up 604 points to put it back in the red or put it back in the green to to, to for people to head into the weekend with a little bit of confidence. Imagine all those that, are, that were watching it on Friday drop 600 points at a time where our president lives upon the narrative of the economy strong, look at the Dow. So once again, come right now or any minute, any minute now, the president Trump on Twitter might be very vocal because if it opens up tomorrow in the red and goes even deeper, goes even lower, this doesn't play into his narrative of a healthy economy. So that's something we should pay attention to. And my personal opinion is that uh, now it's a matter of whether or not they want to control this thing or they want to let it go. If they let it go, Expect it to go below 600, even deeper. And therefore, that's going to be a little bit, it's going to be some problems because it's going to respond. The markets should respond in other ways. Metal should go up. Cryptocurrency should go up. But once again, from the article, from the uh, interview I did with uh, T.G. Watkins, 
we was talking about how things aren't relatively normal because whenever stock go down, usually the alternatives go up. But he's saying everything's going up. And that's one of those things, because as I mentioned before, we're in an upside down financial reality right now. So nothing really makes sense apart from the fact that the primary premises, metals is money. Everything else is a lot obligation to somebody. And it's going to be a problem because all those promises can't be met. But I want to scroll down because I'm getting beyond myself. So all the markets are closed right now. Apart from we got the Nikkei 225 is down 269 or down 1%. We have the Shanghai down 8.13% as of right now. We have the compound. Uh, I, I'd be lying if I said I knew all these markets like that. We're down a negative 8%. We're down negative 7%. Down, uh, DJ Shanghai is down negative 8%. And so they're down some of the major indices over in China close to 10%. Therefore, all of those financial products, all those stocks, all the portfolios of people who are investing in those products are experiencing somewhat of a little bit of a shock because they you probably lost close to 10% of your portfolio holdings, however it's allocated or whatnot. And what even makes it what makes it even more interesting is the fact that knowing that there was going to be some shocks in the market. Here's an article here from EJ Insight. And so it talks about China injects China injects 174 billion of liquidity into the financial market. So this is like as of like right now, it's 744 a.m. Over in that side of the world, they already injected 174. And so I'm assuming there's been some type of help, but uh, it's still damn near down 10% in some of the major indexes there. So has that 1.5, 1.05 trillion yuan worth, as it says here, of reverse repos are set to mature money, meaning that 150 billion, 150 billion yuan in net cash will be injected. So if 100 1.5 trillion is a reverse repos are expiring to today. They're going to have to inject 150 billion yuan on top of all the other issues. So just little headlines like this lead me to wonder what is this week going to look like? And that's why I wanted to check in this evening because my personal opinion is that we can expect it's two is twofold. We can expect extreme volatility if the global contagion continues and the overseers of this current Western world monetary system decides to just let this thing play out because in letting this play out, it would probably, it will definitely help the push against Trump because once again, Trump wouldn't be able to come out and say the economy is so strong, you know, equities are up, everything is up. You're, and that he loves saying your 401, your 401k is higher today. Will he say, sorry, your 401k is lower today? So, yeah, I, I'm really <laughs> today. I came across an interesting article. I was going to do something on it. Uh, what do you say? Is what is the VIX looking like? Let me check. I really I, I typically don't follow. I really don't check the VIX because it's one of those things where it's it's to me, it, it's short term. It's short term activity for something that's already going to die. <laughs> So let me see. I've never actually looked at it on here before. Let me see where. Let me see where. Futures, commodities, grains, meats, metals, ETFs. Yes, I'm not. I've never. Yeah, I've never checked the the VIX guy. I really don't follow like that because to me, uh, measuring 
worthless currency amongst other worthless currencies uh, to me never really gave much of a measuring stick apart from the fact it's up sometimes it's down sometimes but the whole concept of rethinking the dollar is the fact that it's going to return to its intrinsic value like every other currency at some point so i'll get to that but i never really followed that too much and so it says markets markets up this week survival economists give me your thoughts as to why you think the markets will be up so assuming that the plunge protection team will get involved and reinstate or reinstill confidence back into the mainstream narrative that the economy is doing well, because here's going to be the biggest issue because China right now, like, you know, back in, you know, the great financial crisis, the paper blizzard is suppressing metals again. I don't doubt it. So I, I'm not me personally. I'm not mad. Like it's one of the things where if tomorrow I wake up and metals are prices got slammed down, you know, that's, you know, cool. I, you know, I'm, I'm okay with that. Like, I would hate for metals to just take off and all of a sudden it's like, man, I can get less weight now. So the more weight I can get for this current money I have now, I'll be, I'll be fine with that. Uh, what we got here says uh, Dow futures, Dow futures up 156 at this current moment. So that's very promising. So to me, that says that there is some activity behind the scenes to make sure that uh, there may not be a panic in the morning. But if that is the case, how long can they keep this up? Because once again, if China is imploding or having some major issues, it's going to be hard to keep that narrative that everything is going fine when you have the Chinese PBOC injecting all types of liquidity into their markets at the same time that they're closed because there's basically a, a, a crisis in their country due to the health scare. And people are, you know, you know, once again, you can't you can't really get an actual number on the amount of impact that virus is having there, because I don't really think as I was watching Chris Martinson's video earlier, can't really get a good read as to the numbers, the death toll or the people infected, because I don't think, you know, they could really come out and say, you know, that we have the entire province of whatever is impacted, infected. And we have, you know, a hundred million people, or they couldn't come out and say stuff like that because that will cause a unbelievable scare. And that would basically really further hurt their economy. So right now, this virus situation really stands, in my opinion, to cause all central banks more than likely to proactively get involved in their markets more than they ever have or their economies more than they ever have, because it's going to be hard to keep the narrative of everything is fine going outside of the health scare that if this thing continues to uh, ramp up like it appears like it might then it's going to be hard to keep that narrative going. That's why I'm, that's one of my biggest concerns. It says a survivor kind of said, we should also hear positive news on virus this week. Positive news. Ah, man, what type of positive news can we expect? Um, hey, Mike, finally caught your live stream. I hope you're doing well. Yes, I'm doing well, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. Wanted to check in and just share some articles because at this current moment, it's, it's really too early to tell, but I, I get the sense that this Chinese market meltdown, as I, as I put it, could be the start of a global contagion just in the financial realm, because clearly we have some health issues right now, but yet, you know, how important will, how important would it be for the current state of the financial matters if there's an extreme health scare, that's, that's one thing I mentioned last week, because if people are more so concerned with their health, I don't really I, I, people would be, especially people who've dedicated their entire lives and putting into this system. 
I would imagine they're going to be conscious on both ends. So that's going to be double the stress, double the concern uh, at the end of the day. So, yeah, I, I kind of I kind of I partially feel uh, some type of empathy for those that are depending upon their their financial futures are solely dependent upon the things that are put into these financial products in the form of, uh, you know, equities, markets, you, you, all the stock, you know, you really can't tell what you own. So I don't really put much cre credence in it. I had my, I had my learning lesson uh, during the great financial crisis when I, my portfolio was heavily altered, which got me to rethinking a lot of things. And so never really re quite recovered myself mentally, as far as wanting to get back in at a, at a, at a, at a heavy, in a heavy way, <laughs> So I figured metals might be a lot better for me. Uh, that's just me. It says uh, Lee Moore says, Mike, enjoy your podcast. Listen from Australia. How you doing, my friend? Appreciate you from tuning in from Australia. And uh, I actually posted an article on the Rethinking a Dollar blog about the cash situation that you guys are experiencing right now uh, with the limitations on the amount of cash you can use for purchases without having to give up your entire financial matters and history and blood samples and everything else in a sense. So, um, yeah, that's going to be interesting to see. So keep me, keep me up to date with that. What's happening out in uh, your area with, with that law. Assuming it passed. He says, I thought Trump, you're going to make America great again. Uh, Stilly Dan. Um, that's what everybody believes. Uh, everybody believes he's making America great again. And I assume that the, you know, the, the, the NSMCA and the, the, the phase one deal was supposed to be all inclusive in that make America great again. But once again, unless they continue to prop the markets up, like every the markets are just so artificial in nature. The central banking model, it's 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 ran its course, and now it's a scramble to keep this thing going. So, um, it, you can you can believe that uh, make America great again narrative if you like me personally. I, I wasn't quite sure exactly how America was great in the first place, other than the fact we have the reserve currency. So if you would have if we wouldn't have had that status of reserve currency, how great would we have been? Because, uh, you know, also by us having all the most gold as a nation up until I think Fort Knox was you know hijacked several decades ago. But up until that point, when we had the most gold that gave us the privilege of being able to pretty much monetize everything and, and export debt. But that no longer works. So I don't really think nations will be buying into our uh, recommendations and policies moving forward. Since we have a massive property bubble down under, ASS markets are overvalued. Property bubble. Yeah, Lee, I, I've I've heard about that. The bubbles down there with the property, man, and that's a that's a whole nother can of concern in in and of itself. So the next stage after this system dies is nothing we want to wish for. I would definitely agree with that. It says, like I said before, Mike, the end of fiat. Paul, I I wouldn't disagree with that. We are at we are we, it's it's ran its course. A debt based monetary system has ran its course because you need people to borrow in order to keep it going, or you need corporations to continue to borrow, which they are having issues with all the negative corporate debt, <laughs> and then you need governments to borrow. Uncle Sam is tapped out, trillion plus deficit, hundreds of trillion in unfunded liabilities. So who is who's left to borrow would be the question. So anybody out there, you know, let me know how you can keep this going unless you can now starting this year. I think monetary the monetary toolkit will be open. And so 
this current quantitative easing stuff that's underway now will continue. But eventually they're going to have to inject some of that into the mainstream economy to people directly. So they're going to be stimulating. They're going to they're going to stimulate like the great financial crisis was the recapitalization of the banking sector. And so everyone can kind of see that recapitalizing the banks didn't help the main economy, but it made the banks bigger. And they now are even more of a monster. And then you're going to have, um, you know, now it's time to actually inject some stuff into the people's hands. So, yeah, expect some type of stimulating package to be rolled out for the public pretty soon, because if people aren't borrowing, people are losing their jobs. It's going to be there's going to be even uh, there's going to be an unimaginable amount of jobs lost in the retail sector. It's already happening. Then you're going to go to the lack of manufacturing base because this everything is dependent upon this ch- this phase one deal working out. And right now, the, f- the bulk of what we were told about the phase one deal was that China was going to be buying up to $200 billion worth of goods, predominantly in agriculture and a little bit of manufacturing, what whatnot. But if China manufactures everything the world already uses, what actually can we send them that's of value that they don't already have? So apart from soybeans and whatever else we're told, I don't think China's going to really be looking to buy much right now if their population is having health issues. So I can see a reneging of the phase one deal. Therefore, there's going to be no phase two. And then how do you think the markets would act if there was a reneging of those promises? Because at any moment now, people can, you know, you can actually go through some arbitrary type of things and you can back out or whatever. So the phase one deal may not even get rolling because it was just signed what two weeks ago. So just stuff worth considering. So it says the virus could be a ploy to continue the easing narrative. At any time, the virus could just fizzle out. And at the end, interest rates lower and more QE. Yeah. Survival economists. I believe that economics. I believe that is definitely right along the alley of what the powers that be would like to have. And so one of my questions to you guys is, is what we're experiencing now, is this the is this a controlled event as far as you know, the China's China situation right at the same time that we're phase oneing supposedly. And then we have the repo action and then we have the impeachment, impeachment stuff. And is this a part of the powers that be? And they got all types of, you know, names and, and you know, the deep state and all those names have been given. Is this a part of their plan or have they lost control? And we're starting to see all types of kinks in their armor because they've lost control. That's a question I want to put out there to you guys. Uh, it says, I thought you were in Columbia getting your dinner interrupted. WB. <laughs> yeah. That was, so that was, uh, yeah, I was there last week. So uh, that was, you know, a great time in Columbia, man. Definitely. Um, you know, yeah. So a part of my 2020 and beyond approach is to, you know, a part of my strategy is to really begin enjoying more of of life as opposed to just sit just sit around solely focusing on all the negative and bad news because there's going to be more than enough bad news to talk about so i don't have to really sit in my home base to talk about that i can travel and, and enjoy some things while all this unfolds and also put some of the dollars to work for me while 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 it's probably the most cheapest to travel and cheapest to do a lot of the things that i'm going to be doing now so i have a lot more trips coming up so i'm excited so i'm definitely going to enjoy my time while things are relatively stable. And so, uh, yeah, that's my, kind of my plan. And so it says bullion dealers in Australia still have their electronic debit card credit machines on their counter. 
disabled by the banks, which limits over-the-counter transactions. So that's another thing. So Stark Side of the Moon, I appreciate you for sharing that and keeping us up to date on that. So if you're not familiar with what he's talking about, um, there are certain, I'm not sure if it's certain areas or certain cities, but bullion dealers or retail stores that actually redeem Australian notes for actual money in the form of metals, they don't have credit card access so that the machines aren't working and they haven't been working for several weeks now, borderline months. And it's, it's definitely, it definitely should be a, 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 it should be a, a very important story in the stacker community and in the bullion dealer war and all, and all those, for all those that are getting their weight up because you can't take your debit or credit card to the store now. So you kind of have to use cash. And on top of that, they're having issues with being able to use large amounts of cash in our country. So in Australia right now, it looks like they're trying to cut off the methods in which people can actually get out of those debt based notes and get back into sound money. And so um, if it's happening in Australia, what would make you think that it couldn't happen here if you were to be of that mindset? So definitely it's, it's, it's possible it can happen here. And I wouldn't be surprised if it does at some point. And so this is the article that I came across. It was updated literally two hours ago by Bloomberg. And it says Chinese stocks sink 9% as markets reopen to a crisis after break. And it says Beijing vows to ensure financial stability. So by Beijing looking to ensure financial stability, they're willing to do anything it takes to make sure the markets don't plummet. And so here's a little information here. It says China's benchmark iron ore contract declined by its daily limit of 8% while copper, crude, and palm oil also sank by the maximum allowed. So one thing about the PBOC is from that right there, it sounds like they're, they're attempting to control all activity in their market. So if they are directly controlling the markets, then there's no way for them to truly... Um, there's no way for them to truly uh, have a, a, a well free and open market price discovery if they're being controlled directly. So, yeah, expect more control. And exactly that's exactly probably what's going to happen on this side of the planet as well. It says the yield on China's most actively traded 10 year government bonds dropped the most since 2014. The yuan tumbled one percent to weaken past seven per dollar. So I wonder, will uh, they call China uh, currency manipulators for letting the currency drop 1% against the dollar? So, yeah, man, it, it's, it's, it's weak. I wanted to check in tonight because I believe that this week will be a very interesting turning point. Now, what that turning point will end up looking like, I'm not 100%. But what I can say is that I personally expect more direct intervention like outright intervention like we're you know i've always i've always mentioned that the markets have already been upside down because they've never they, they're not responding in typical fashion based upon prior <sighs> crises market corrections and all the things from the past like you know usually when there's concerns of war there's usually a, re a response a negative response uh, but yet this time the markets went up <laughs> stock markets went up and so that's not typical if I'm saying that correct. So uh, that let me know that uh, at this current moment, all gloves are off and it's all about keeping the narrative of a strong economy. And so now it's a matter of whether we're going to see whether President Trump is really 
because my one of my biggest questions all along was was he was he is he genuine in nature? Is he really out to disrupt and to disturb and to um, uproot the deep state and all those things that he talks about in the best interest of our republic? Or is he a bought and paid for politician like every other president before him? So I think right now we're going to get a chance to see because right now will be. Well, no, I can't say that because he's he's more concerned with getting his second term and keeping the narrative of the economy doing great. And if you haven't noticed one thing that I would consider to be extremely dangerous is the fact that whenever you, I would say go to President Trump's Twitter account and and just look at how he's owned the equities market. Like he's taken ownership now of a bubble stock market at the same pace at which he was preaching during his campaign and much as to much how much of a bubble it was and how that if he gets impeached or if he doesn't, whatever, whatever, the markets are going to drop. And so um, I, I personally think this is all all one big dog and pony show in regards to just trying to keep calm, keep the public calm while there's a direct and deliberate controlled demolition of the system. Because my initial thought, thought was the phase one and the phase, all the phases are a shift of power out of the Western world and into the Eastern world. And so Roth said it's a trap. Uh, I personally, Ross is another swamp rat. <laughs> it's a trap. Uh, yeah. So I, I believe that this is all uh, just one controlled event. And it's, uh, yeah, I, I really, I really feel for those that are solely dependent upon the health of the financial markets as they, as they've known them to date. Like if your entire financial future is based upon where the Dow goes, where the S&P goes and where all that other stuff goes, um, you know, it can't go up forever. Now, ask yourself this question. Like, I think I, who, who I was interviewing somebody and they were saying that at some point it's going to be time to get out. And will you be able to get out in time or will you even know to get out in time or will you get greedy and continue to try to ride it up till some astronomical number? Like, so it says Dow 30,000 is possible. Have to see how things pan out. Yeah, dial thirty thousand is probably going to be a guarantee. Like, I will be willing to say, and this is just me talking. I'm not a PhD economist. I'm just a man with opinion who's been studying this stuff for quite some time now. So I formulated some thoughts based upon all the people I've interviewed throughout my years, and so based upon how monetary policy controls the financial system, we could easily see fifty, sixty thousand dial. That's not a matter of whether or not we're going to get there or not. I believe that whether it's direct injection of repo activity and the, the toolkit, the, it's the toolkit that's going to get us to this 50, 40, 50, $60,000 dial. If there's not an outright correction where it crashes, or as you know, some people say, you know, it's, it's going to, it's going to crash 90% or 80%. I can see that happening. But then as a response to that, if they get, if they begin injecting all types of outright hyperinflationary type currency into the dial, it could go up to $100,000 like right away. But the question is, what type of value is in those equities? Like once the Federal Reserve becomes a primary buyer of equities, it can reach any number because you can print and create reserves to pump it up directly. But the question is, as a holder of all those equities, you truly don't have any more value in those stocks because they're owned and bought and funded by a central bank. So think about all the companies now that have an artificially high stock valuation 
and all they're doing is just buying back their shares and they're and they and that's I've done an article years uh, months ago where I talked about how all the executives, all the people in the know, as the equities are going up, they've been cashing out. So who's owning those things? It's the it's the passive investors. It's those that have no clue as to what they're holding. So I, I kind of feel for those people because those are the people, probably predominantly the baby boomer section, that are going to be stuck holding a bag worth the you know full of worthless stock because you won't be able to get out in time. That's just how it goes. And here, here, you know, just to show you how, um, how real this is, I want to share with you something that I think everybody should watch because I watched it yesterday, and I actually I'm actually going to be ordering a book. But here's an interview that I would encourage everybody to watch because it's a pure explanation from someone who's, I would say, is definitely a lot more certified than myself because he's in this market, been around for a while and a best-selling author, to say the least. But let me actually put this up here because I think you guys would enjoy this, taking a look at it. And it's, and it's one of the things, it's, it's nothing new. Like, none of this is new. Like, Here's the article here. Here's the video. I'll share the screen so you guys can see. But here is the video I would encourage everybody to take a look at. So this is from uh, this is from yesterday. Or not yet. It came out just long ago. But it, it's 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 how to make millions in the next market crash. And so Robert Kiyosaki has a new book out called Who Stole My Pension? And so it's already sold out. But yet uh, it's a it's a hour long and he goes through the rich dead concept, you know, his book fake. I actually did a little video on that and had a chance to thumb through the book a little bit. So his latest book is Who Stole My Pension? And he's talking about the, the criminal nature behind the pension system. And so that's where, you know, he, he could have actually went deeper by just basically saying he could basically take that book and say, who stole my retirement? Because that's ultimately what it's going to boil down to. So the same mechanisms or the same thing that goes behind the pension. Pensions were promises by companies. They don't really give those anymore, but they shifted the responsibility onto the actual individuals. And he threw out all types of stats about how now your 401k is something, it's a defined benefit contribution that you're responsible for at a time where nobody has any financial literacy whatsoever. So you don't know how to, and you, you, know, you were directly never taught how to manage money directly on purpose, but then again, one of my biggest problems I actually have, I'm going to be doing a video pretty soon because I'm really going to be talking about retirement because I just don't buy, I don't buy into it. So it's one of the things where I can go down a hole. I got, I got three reasons why you won't retire and they're, they're, they're legit. So I'm going to be making a video on that because, you know, people are going to find out and I wish they knew beforehand, but anyway, I can go, I can rant on forever, but this week it's going to be interesting because the markets are going to require artificial injection outright. And China is just a tipping point. And China could be the domino that causes a, a actual global contagion in our market. So the Federal Reserve will have to respond. The Federal Reserve will have to you know, eventually do something between now and the next time they meet to announce something. Because once again, you can't have China outright doing what they're doing and the Federal Reserve just sitting by watching. And so Wolf says, what if Chicago turns to Detroit? Is people starting to flee the taxes in Illinois? Oh, man. So <laughs> one of the reasons, one of the three reasons that you won't be able to retire is that even though you can do everything you can 
to save as much as you can, but it's a mathematical certainty that governments, municipalities will have to increase taxes. Therefore, whatever pot of cash you sit aside in whatever product, they're going to tax it even more as time moves forward because Illinois is a great example of how they've increased taxes of, in everything, like even for investing. Like I, I read something recently that if you are actively trading in a stock market as a day trader or something like that, they've increased, they've added a tax on that. So looking to profit off of all this activity, you're going to be taxed. So there's going to be the creation of all types of taxes to fund all those obligations, which happens to be driven by the pensions. So there's going to be all types of broken promises. The goal will be to try to tax the youth or the millennials, but the millennials are already broke. So who are you going to tax? You're going to tax, you know, the wealthy? No, you know, Robert Kiyosaki in his video was saying that he's like, he's laughing. He's like, I don't pay taxes. He's like, the wealthy don't pay taxes. He's like, the system is designed for me not to pay taxes. So you're not really taxing the wealthy. You're just shifting the burden onto the consumers. The business, the, the business owners ultimately shift to shift the cost to the consumer. So yeah. Uh taxes on everything, like the Roman Empire doing its claps. Yeah, Roth. So Illinois is a great example. No, you know, it's 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 a failed system. And so even if you are sitting comfortable, if you're too comfortable, you're gonna be a target because they're gonna say that you should pay your fair share. They're going to come and tax you. <laughs> so there's no way out of it. So, yeah, expect to increase property taxes going to go. I mean, like, yeah, you, we're going to be reduced to the bare minimum. And so one of the things I liked about this video, Robert Kiyosaki was like, this is the time where you get nimble. You get real nimble. You don't go big. He's like, you know, I'm, he's tr trimming down his company. He's getting real nimble so he can be quick to respond. You don't want to be a big huge, gigantic corporation right now because it costs. Right now, you want to trim down your cost and uh, be ready, be in cash so that, you know, he's excited. He said he's about to make a lot of fact. He's about to make more money now coming up pretty soon than he did back in the last great financial crisis. And he said the last crisis was the best time of his life because he made so much money. So I'm like, man, I'm sure that was a good time. But, you know, it's it's he's profiting off the information he has at the expense of all the uneducated individuals that don't know what's going on. So I'm about to get ready to dial back. I just wanted to connect and share my thoughts with you. So expect, you know, outside of what the futures might look like, it might be in the green right now. But once again, that's aftermarket or before the market open activity. So can they sustain that throughout the day will be the question. And if China continues to melt down as they, sh as they close, they've closed their economy, they've shut down economy for this week. And so it's all artificially pumped, pumped up by the banks. So expect some type of, um, yeah, some 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 type of direct response from the Federal Reserve on this side. And so it says we got Lee F. Moore from Facebook. It says Australia's pensions superannuations are mostly invested in properties and overvalued developments. Our bubble will burst and collapse the stock market. Our aging population and retirees will get hit. Lee Moore, um, man, and, and I appreciate you for elaborating on that the way you did because. Your population will not be the only ones to take the hit. And so what's what you're currently experiencing now and what you see coming is going to happen everywhere. And so it's going to be a very painful event for a lot of people. And it's one of them things where, yeah, it's yeah, it's just how things are. I mean, it's like we need a gutting of the system in order to start over. Problem is, if we start over with the same type of system. 
then we're going to be even uh, worse off than currently. So, but it is what it is. So uh, the biggest thing is, you know, stay prayed up, do the best you can, get weight, get heavy, be nimble and quick. You know, cash will have its cash will be beneficial because there will be a fire sale for a lot of things. So whatever things interest me, this is my, just me talking personally, whatever things interest you now, I would definitely say, you know, make sure you are able to probably get involved in activity now because there's going to be a, there's going to be an abundance of opportunity. That's one thing that excites me is that, you know, my channel here is more so about problems. But then on the other side, the giftpreneurs is talking about solutions. And so my my methodology is unconventional, which will make it ideal because people will be looking for things that they have not come across before. And so all the conventional financial advice people are being given. You know, they're going to be hurt by it. So they're not going to trust much. But uh, I believe that, uh, you know, there's answers in the word of God. So I can start preaching if I want it, but I'm not. So with that, get okay, get out of debt. Yeah, Dexter Dave, get out of debt. You know, that's a, that's one of the hardest issues. You probably want to be down as, as you know, so like me personally, outside of just, you know, a little bit of home, house, dad and whatever. I don't have much. So, yeah, I don't, I, you know, apart from, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stop there because I was going to say, you know, be willing to be willing you know, be willing, but yeah, I'm going to stop because I'm, I'm, I'm going to go farther than I probably should because my viewpoint's a little bit different than everybody else's. But anyway, I'm about to dial back because it's been 45 minutes. I just wanted to connect, get you guys' thoughts, see where we're going and get some analysis share my and share my thoughts. And so first to the FEMA camps, <laughs> depopulation is definitely planned, raw, uh, genocide. Yeah, that's that's part of the plan. That's the big agenda. And that was my concern earlier about the vaccinations to this whole virus. What's in it? I don't believe it's going to be something that's going to leave us off, leave us even leave us off healthier than we are now. So it's going to be forced upon us because it's going to be a national security issue if you probably don't get the vaccine for whatever that whatever they put inside of it. So with that being the case, that is it. I'm done. I'm going to shut my mouth before I keep going beyond my time limit. I figure I got to put some time on myself because if not, I can go back and forth sharing my ideas and thoughts forever. But with that being the case, everybody be blessed, be safe, have a good evening. If you've enjoyed this back and forth this evening, don't be afraid to donate a thumbs up, click the button beneath this video. And then if you find anything relatively important, feel free to share this with your family and friends because it's good to say a good portion of the population was watching the game and they don't know nothing about the meltdown in China that's coming to their doorstep. So be blessed, be safe. I will see you guys later. Other than that, peace.